All right, Stephen. Well, it's good to be back again for another podcast. The Midweek Podcast. 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 Let's redo that one. <laughs> I, I try to be I try to be silly. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Stephen, it's good to be back for a midweek podcast. It is indeed. Good to be here. Oh, well, I was so excited last week to be able to have uh, our children with us for the family service. It was a wonderful time to, to finish off John chapter one. Yeah, it was a great, great time to have everyone back and everyone in the service and back to two services this past Sunday and having our kids in there to, to participate in Lord's Supper as well and kind of observe and learn in that way. Yeah. You know, one of the sweeter components I, I did appreciate also, you know, the uh, the new song that you let us in. And can you tell us a little bit about that song? And I think we're actually going to be doing it again uh, coming up this Sunday as well, right? Can you tell us about that philosophy when you introduce new songs? Yeah, absolutely. So um, normally when we introduce a song, we'll sing it two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. We'll take a week off, and then we'll sing it again a third time. And the reason for that is uh, for, well, it's a couple of reasons. Uh, one, not everyone's here every Sunday. So this coming Sunday may be the first time somebody's heard it as well, although it's the second time for a lot of us as well. Um, but the first time you hear a song, you're kind of taking hold of it and getting to know it. The second time, you're able to engage with it a little bit. And the th- by the third time, hopefully, you you know it well enough to own it, and then it gets folded into our repertoire. Um, but we want to we don't do, we want to do that intentionally. We we pace ourselves with how often we do new songs. Uh, we want them to become songs that we that we own. So yes, you're right. We'll we'll sing it again this Sunday. We'll take a week off, and then the week after that, we'll sing it again. Great. I appreciated that. And it fits so well with uh, mercy, you know, God giving us mercy. And uh, one of the components we talked about on Sunday of, of helping people to find Jesus is the idea of, hey, we have to see people, we have to be willing to speak to them. So uh, it was it was nice to be able to reference our order of our service, God, man, Christ response as a equipping tool for our people to be able to just explain the gospel in a natural way. Yeah, uh, We are people needing mercy. You know, one component that I, I would I would probably want to go in a little bit further on that I didn't take the time to do uh, is, is even though we talked about how to share the gospel and using questions and listening, telling people what you know and all those components, I have in front of me, Stephen, uh, this gospel track that's on my on our desk right here. Looks pretty old. It is. It's got to be at least 60 or so years old. It's uh, the pastor's name who's on the back, Reverend Al Gannon. I looked for him, couldn't find any, uh, any history on him, but he gave this gospel tract. And a gospel tract is used as a starter conversation. Mm-hmm. You don't have to use them, certainly, but it's a it's a just a neat uh, kind of tool that that you can use to start conversations. And I want to read it for you. What's what's on it? Cool. And it's and one of the things that's so neat about the gospel. This good news is that it's unchanging. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let me read that for us. It says, "A man may go to heaven without health, without wealth, without fame, without a great name." without learning, without big earning, without culture, without beauty, without friends, without 10,000 other things. But he can never go to heaven without Christ. And it says, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father uh, but by me. Amen. And that that message, uh, in a nutshell, is is the gospel message that it really Christ is what makes heaven heaven. It's not mm-hmm. just a place. It is to be with the person of Jesus Christ, to be with God and all His fullness and His glory. That's what makes heaven heaven. 
Uh, and, and so this message, this gospel message, uh, really is, is so good because it's unchanging. It's not developing. It's not evolving. It's not shifting. The message is uncompromising. It's the Jude 1 through, uh, Jude 1 3, the, uh, the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. Mm-hmm. And so if I were to take just a minute, I would kind of talk through, here's how to go into a spiritual conversation. And so a helpful acronym that you can use as you just naturally go through conversations with folks or begin conversations is the acronym acronym FIRM, F-I-R-M. Okay. So you like your bed. How do you like your bed? Not firm, but... Rats. I thought I know that would where work. You're going. All right, we'll go with firm. I don't, I don't have one for soft, but so we'll just go with firm. Uh, so this is just a template that you can have as you have conversations and, and, and look for opportunities as you see people and speak to people uh, to kind of follow this template. F stands for family, and family would represent people's backgrounds. Uh, so for me, it's it's in a, in a place like Nacogdoches. I'm asking, how did you get to Nacogdoches? Tell me about your family. Tell me about your background. How mm-hmm. did how did this place become home for you? How mm-hmm. long have you been here? Tell me about yourself. So and just listen, listen to what they share. It's a wonderful time to be able to engage with them and share a little bit about your family as well. And then I uh, stands for interest. What interests do you have? What what things make you tick? What things do you enjoy? What are your passions, your enjoyments, your hobbies? Uh, then R stands for religion, and really this could be probably church, um, but FICM doesn't make very much sense as an acronym, so <laughs> we'll say religion. Uh, and this is just a question to say, do you have a church background? Do you, have you found a church home here in Nacogdoches while you've, since you've been here? Um, you know, did you, uh, did you grow, go, go to church very often growing up? Just natural questions that we can use like that, uh, that, that gear us toward um, dipping our toe in the spiritual conversations. And then M is the message. It's the message of the gospel. And a way that we can share that with people is you can talk about what you heard about on Sunday at Grace. We talk about the gospel every week. We're walking through scripture every week. We're dependent upon the gospel. Our services are structured around the gospel. And you can just ask, you know, have you ever understood what this thing called the gospel is? And just walk through and explain it to somebody. Give them that message. That's what the M represents. But this is a tool that I have found so helpful for several years Mm. to be able to take any conversation uh, in, an, in a very non-threatening way, whether they're young people or older people, uh, just to see what the Spirit of God might be doing in their hearts. It's it's a it's a wonderful tool. So F I R M. That's great, and I think it's important that you know we have to have the M. I think it's easy for us to share our story, yeah. and think we've and, which is helpful, but without the message of the gospel of Christ, um, that's that's what's necessary. You know, we have to hear that. Yeah, um, that's a great point. You know, our testimony is 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 a beautiful thing, but our testimony is our testimony because the message of the gospel has uh, we've encountered that message that's impacted our life greatly. Well, I'm also looking forward to hearing from Cynthia Knowles today. Yeah, can't wait. I have the blessing of sitting down with Cynthia Knowles. Um, thank you for being willing to talk with us for a little bit. Sure, absolutely. Um, how long have you been at Grace Bible Church? We have been in Nacogdoches and then at Grace Bible Church for about 20 years when we first moved here. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what, is your, what is your role here? What do you, what do, you do here? Uh, my title is Director of Connection, and that pretty much just means um, overseeing a group, a team of incredible volunteers uh, so that every Sunday morning when we open our doors, we can welcome guests and our members in with um, a handshake and a bulletin and directions and hot coffee. And mm-hmm. we even have a team that serves over in the kids' ministry building to um, 
just direct new families. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Like I know that y'all do an incredible job of making people feel welcome here. Um, but beyond like even just the Sunday morning or, or whatever, when people are coming here, maybe for the first time, you kind of also help people maybe go a, a, another step in being connected. Why do you, why do you think it's important for, uh, for people to, to really be connected to this body? I do. That's um, That definitely is a passion of mine. I feel like we've moved a lot in our life, and always um, the thing that connected us to a community was the church that we mm-hmm. went to. And so um, I see the importance of that. And when a new family comes to Grace, um, our hope is that they automatically feel welcome by the team. But then also just going a little bit further that they would take that step to fill out a connect card so that we can actually have a conversation with them, send them a note, um, let them know who we are and get to know who they are Mm. so that they go from just being someone who attends our church to someone who feels like part of our family. Yeah. So how? I mean, you, you just mentioned you've moved a lot. How have you uh, and and honestly, so so have we. And mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. uh, we resonate with a lot of what you're saying. But how have you and Drew, um, in particular, how, how have you experienced the blessing of being well connected to Grace Bible Church? Yeah, and it you know that doesn't happen overnight. No. But I will say, um, this church is our family and has mm-hmm. become our family in so many ways. We've lived away from our family, and so um, it provided. Uh, a church family that stepped into that role in so many ways. Uh, we celebrate together. Uh, if we're struggling, we struggle well together. Um, it just goes beyond um, just a membership, and it just actually is our family. Mm. This church is our family. That's so sweet. Um, we feel the same way, you know, being mm-hmm. far from family and mm-hmm. uh, being able to cling to the church is is a joy. Um this coming Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. I honestly I don't really follow football that much, and so that's me not, either. <laughs> but I'm all about any opportunity I I get to hang out with people and to eat chicken wings, uh, <laughs> you know, to do that kind of thing. Um, I feel like the Knowles House. Oh, so so this Sunday we're actually asking people. We we've done a big Super Bowl party in the past, right? Um, but for this Super Bowl, we're asking people to kind of open up their homes, small groups to to do that together, to invite people. Um, I feel like the Knowles home is always filled with people. I think, you know, multiple nights a week, you guys have people in your home. Um, how would you encourage people that maybe are kind of wondering, how do I host a party or how do I how do I be good at <laughs> hospitality? Yeah. What, what are some encouragements you'd give to those people? Um, I would say just first, just do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just look around you and see the people that maybe aren't as plugged in or don't have family here and just start small. Start by inviting them to lunch after church. You don't even have to do it in your home. You know, you can practice hospitality wherever you are. Um, But certainly in your home, like don't look for perfection. Mm -hmm. Just... um, Open your doors and love them well in the space that God has given you and use it for his service and for his glory. Um, I just say, you know, whatever you're doing, just include somebody in that. Mm. Just bring them in. Yeah, that's sweet. Mm. We had some, Megan and I had some some friends that 
kind of really showed us what hospitality really looked like. And I remember them inviting us over to their house after church one day. And their house was not like sparkling clean. They had <laughs> a bunch of kids and it was wild. And But they just made us feel a part of their life. Mm-hmm. And in fact, like she offered me, I hadn't eaten dinner yet. So she's like, do you want some leftover meatloaf that I cooked two days ago? And I'm like, uh, yeah, that sounds amazing. And she, they just made us a part of what they were doing made us feel welcomed and comfortable in their home um, simply just by what you're doing, what you're saying. Just mm-hmm. make them a part of your life. Whatever you're doing, just include people. Um, y'all do that well. You've done that for us. And well, we I, I do think you know hospitality just sounds hard sometimes, but it is just that, what you just described. It's not so much entertaining or you don't even have to feed. It's just including somebody in what you're doing anyway with your life. Yeah, I love that. Bringing them in. That's good. Well, Cynthia, thanks for sharing with us. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Um, Thank you for serving our church and helping us feel so welcome, setting the pace on what it looks like to to be hospitable. Thank you, Stephen. We've concluded John chapter 1 this past Sunday, and we're going to venture into John chapter 2. We'll be in verses 1 through 11 this Sunday. Uh, We've been reading the passages before uh, the sermon um, every single Sunday that we're going to be in to be sure that we read through the whole uh, book of John to submit to the authority of Scripture. Zach Martin, one of our elders, is going to be leading that for us this Sunday before you come up to preach. So uh, since reading the Word is is so important, we want to value that. How can we prepare to come and to submit to scripture this Sunday? Uh, That's a great question. You know, we're going to interact with the first of the signs that Jesus does in the turning of the water to the wine. It's a story that we're most all familiar with. And these signs, uh, they do what signs do. They point to something else. But in particular, the signs that Jesus does, the miracles, they point to Jesus. They uh, authenticate, if you will, for the people who Jesus is. They're a sign that points there. But something that we can easily miss is the fact that the Old Testament scriptures were given to us uh, and uh, as a sign as well that would point forward to who the Messiah is. Yeah. So many of these signs are also given as intentional I, uh, identity definers, kind of giant flashing neon signs that that Israel should have been picking up on to say, "Oh, that's this is him." Mm-hmm. You know, not so the miracles themselves are also unique because they often fulfill scripture. So if there's something that our people could read this week that'd be helpful, uh, I would encourage you to go back to the book of Isaiah and read Isaiah chapter 25. And there's other texts as well. You could read Joel chapter 3, but read Isaiah 25, particularly verse 4 through 10. Uh, Because what we'll note is one of the components that the Messiah, the Christ, uh, same idea, the anointed one of God, this promised one, uh, one of the things that he's going to do is he is going to bring for the people peace and blessing for Mm -hmm. Israel, peace and blessing. And it's going to have a dominion over all the earth. Uh, But this peace and blessing will be symbolized through, they use this language of vineyards that are growing, uh, and and they're in the wine that the, that they're able to produce. So what does that mean when we think about it practically? Well, it's going to take a long time for a vineyard to grow, and it's going to take a long time for great wine to be produced. Was, and you need peace for that. You can't be at war. I mean, the land can't be getting ravaged. It's a time of peace and blessing. And so the in Isaiah 25, we see this big sign flashing that, that the time of the Messiah will bring this time of flowing wine, like mm-hmm. from the mountains. And so in Jesus' first sign, what is he going to do? 
He's going to turn water into water wine. to wine, right? How awesome is that? And so we're that's one of the big ideas we're going to touch on this Sunday. And then, then some of the secondary aspects of, wow, if this really is the Messiah that's been long foretold of hundreds and hundreds of years beforehand uh, by the Lord as he's gifted us with scripture, uh, what does it mean for our life? So I cannot wait to dive in this Sunday. Well, that's so amazing. Church, we're praying for you. We're looking forward to gathering again this Sunday uh, to continue to be in his word, uh, to sing together, to pray together. Uh, it's going to be a rich blessing. Very good. Can't wait. See you then. See you.